The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today I'm joined by real estate broker, Cindy Choi. Cindy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Got a fascinating story and I, I can't wait to dive in and, and be able to share it. I'm happy to be part, part of this and uh, be able to share my story. Awesome. So now, originally you were born in Chicago, right? Yep. But at three years old, from the ages of three to 12, you moved to China, Hong Kong specifically. Right, right. And now you're back and real estate wasn't something that you really saw yourself doing. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start there? Just how, you know, how is it that you were born here um, and ended up back in uh, in China? So my mom wanted me to be able to speak Chinese, specifically Cantonese, because um, that's my parents were born in Hong Kong, born and raised. And, you know, before we all moved over here, uh, so obviously my grandparents, they don't speak English. So that's something that my mom wanted me to have. It's like a little route to be, you know, tied with uh, Hong Kong. So this way, this way, I am very fluent in Cantonese and English, and um, which is amazing. I, yeah, and I'm also fluent. Well, more or less fluent. Some native speaker wouldn't say I'm fluent, but <laughs> um, I could communicate in Mandarin. So okay. that's a little plus. Um, also, help me to be able to connect, not just to connect uh, to my roots my mother town but also uh the more the older i get the more i found it very useful to be able to uh talk to people and you know just kind of connect with the community the chinese community specifically yeah i was gonna ask you about that because it seems like that's something that's been uh really working for you to be involved in these communities prior to real estate were you as involved with any of those communities um when, like in, as far as culturally, the Chinese community specifically? Yeah, I uh, I actually wasn't. Um, to be very honest, I had my I had a little identity crisis back in uh, college. So you know when you move move away from home, because um, I went to school in U of I down in Champaign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So being in a new town and just kind of like seeing a lot of different cultural org, and I'm like, maybe I should be connected to something and then um so that's how i got connected to the hong kong student association and this way i actually met a lot of people from hong kong and through throughout there i started speaking a lot more chinese and it got a lot better from there and realized how useful language skill is from then and the rest is history (laughs) wow no and and it seems like that's something that you really, I mean, hear everything you're involved with. It's pretty <laughs> spectacular. How um, how has that been for you as far as personally um, changing everything? I guess that that you once kind of uh, that identity crisis, if you will, or you know those those just thoughts that one has trying to assimilate and be a part because. You also grew up in, you went to high school in Brighton Park, which is very Latino, right? Right, right. Yeah, um, you know, being involved with a lot of community, um, specifically in Chinese com- Chinese community, because uh, that's my brokerage. Um, as diverse as it is, uh, we do have different uh, ethnicity in the office, but um, we primarily we do have like a 
pretty big Chinese pop,、uh, population in our office. So I actually feel a lot more connected with the Chinese community now comparing to、uh, when I was in high school and even when I was in elementary school,、um, which I really like.、Uh, it feels really good to be part of a community and also meeting.、Um, Old and new immigrants,、um, we share our challenges, and just to be able to be the little bridge between the immigrants and, I guess, America. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in a for、way. sure, for sure. And which is really wild though, because on, on you know hearing your story and going to U of I, it wasn't like you had real estate on the brain, right? Oh, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> you went to school for chemistry, and you were pre med. Yes, I was. So tell me how that all changed, and you got into real estate. So、um, even、uh, by the time I graduated from college,、uh, it was still not something that I would think of. I was kind of thinking about real estate just because I I know someone who did it as a side hustle, but I didn't think too much about it.、Um, so after I graduated in 2019, my sister told me because I was gonna do a gap year. And then my sister told me I should get a real estate license, and I was like, "Oh, sure, why not? <laughs> Just, I mean, I'm done with school. Why not try something、um, different?" Yeah. So I took my pre-licensing course in 2019.、Um, didn't really think too much about it because I I already booked my ticket to Hong Kong that time. So、um, just to spend some time with my grandparents,、mm. I was gone for like good six months.、Uh, it was pretty fun until COVID hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah.、Um, And then, so after COVID hits, obviously we were all at home, and I start have to I, I have to start thinking about what I want to do. So, so in addition to applying to grad school,、um, and also remember that if I don't take my exam within certain、uh, certain per- period of time, I believe it was like one to two years. I I don't exactly remember, but. Because of that, I took the exam in August、um, just to, you know, get it out of the way and、uh, self-study for about a week. Re- really focused though,、um, and then took my exam, passed the exam, and became a realtor. Wow! Yeah, and that was it. And that's where the magic happened, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, one of the things that when we had talked、um, was about the misconceptions that. People have about realtors, right? How many of those misconceptions did you have, and where were they, and what did you learn about, you know, getting into real estate specifically about the the amount of work? Because everyone sees it as, oh, you're just a realtor, easy work, you know, you make all this money, but you know, not putting in any effort. Absolutely, yeah.、Um, tons of tons of things that、um, a lot of people don't see behind the scene.、Uh, Honestly, being a realtor, it's a lot busier than I thought. <laughs>、um, it's good.、Uh, we do have a, we do have the flexibility. I'm going to be very honest、um, because we do schedule all things around, so you're not stuck in an office,、um, which is good. But at the same time, there's so much work behind it. So even just you know preparing for a listing is not just. We don't just put your house on online and wait for the. Buyer, we actually try to market your property through different social media. Maybe you know we will find we gotta connect with a photographer for pictures and、right. a videographer, and then、um, 
how could we market your house specifically so it's kind of like tailor-made for you and um, also for showings open houses and also connect with different people like you never know who you would meet at different events maybe that could be a buyer that could be a potential um, seller um, just generally like they could be someone that will just kind of like change your life even so there's tons of like networking events and stuff that realtors also have to attend and there's also a lot um learning that we have to do so we go to different so in, in addition to networking events we go to educational events there's also continuous education there's just a tons of stuff that we have to do as a realtor so that we could be uh resources to um, both buyers and sellers to guide them through uh, their their real estate journey. Absolutely, no, there's so much, and you know, on, on that point, as I'm hearing that, is just it's a very social life, and and being public facing, that, that's not something that that came easy for you, right? Oh no, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> so being someone who was very shy at one point, right? What did you learn during this process that? Um, I feel it could translate over to really anyone, right? But from like mm-hmm. a practical advice standpoint or looking back, what, what's the biggest takeaway that you learned about this transition from shy person to maybe still a little bit shy, <laughs> right? But but not the same to that level you were before because you've had to, you've had to, to yeah, put yourself yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely um, more out there compared to before. I would be, I'll be very shy <laughs> to the point where I just don't want, I would be in a room and not talk to people wow I would just kind of like look at people and and try to wait for someone to you know initiate a conversation I mean I still do that sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I still do that uh, um, you know sometimes here and there but then right now I'm more out there more outgoing uh, especially since I took a lot of different leadership roles and being involved with those organizations kind of like forced me to be the welcoming face because you want to welcome uh, different members. And so this really pushed me to be uh, outgoing. And as a lot of people have said, you know, for at least for networking, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. So as long as you do, let's say you talk to five people at this one event, um, it gets easier. And then chances are, if you go to similar organizations you might just end up meeting the same people over and over again so your the sphere just kind of feel more comfortable the environments get com- more comfortable um in the long run that's actually a great point and yeah anything you do right a few times and yeah you keep doing it it's going to get easier and easier what would you say that looking back you feel like maybe you missed out a little bit on, on certain experiences because you were shy? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. Now that I look back, um, I feel like I missed out not just a little bit, probably a lot. Because um, back in college, there are tons of like, uh, what, 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 what are those called? Um, career fair. Mm-hmm, yeah, so mm-hmm. you're supposed to be more out there and then, um, you know, going to different organizations. I could have been more involved and probably have, would have met more people and uh, make stronger relationship. But since I was really shy and I didn't really want to be that person to be socializing. So if you, if you were to take the real estate part out of it, right, um, what would you tell your younger self about getting out there and putting yourself out there and not being so shy? You never know what you would learn. 
um, not just from the other person's story. I mean, it's interesting because um, obviously our life is not super long, not at least not long enough for us to try everything in in life, really. So in order to experience something, you could the way is to learn from other people's stories. Um, so someone could be a, um, a restaurant owner and, you know, I never had that. And I'm not sure if I would ever had the chance to be a restaurant owner. So how would I know how it feels to be a restaurant owner, to talk to someone who owns a restaurant? <laughs> right. Um, and also not just to learn about the their story. So this way I can, you know, experience, well, kind of experience um, what it feels like. Also, you never know what a conversation would lead you to. I, um, especially since now that I have connected with so many people, every time I had a conversation with someone, sometimes there's different things I can take away um, from that conversation. And that might affect my choices and, I mean, decision in the long run. Like sometimes I make my some of my few, my decision were based on some of the conversation I had, and then sometimes I didn't think about things that. Oh, how do we say it? I didn't. I, it actually inspired me to do other stuff. Let's just put it this way. It's so powerful, though. I mean, yeah, that a smart man or smart person, right, learns from their mistakes, and a wise person learns from other people's mistakes. Right. And I think that's so important to, to get those stories and say, you know, you may have a thought to be a restaurant owner, but then you talk to someone, you're like, I don't want to be a restaurant exactly, owner. Exactly, exactly. So this way, you, you get to learn a lot more things that you would anticipate it. So there's tons of things that can, you know, be taken out of the conversation. So I would definitely encourage my younger self to have conversations with anyone really and it seems like you've really taken that to heart and and now you're so community focused that it's not just one thing it's like you're out there really talking to everybody oh yes <laughs> how how if you can translate that for your clients right and how does that benefit them when you become this social person and, and now start connecting in these different organizations because i think that's something that is also taken for granted that you do have realtors who think it's easy get in there and, and they do a disservice to their clients because they see it as a job, whereas when you really take it seriously, it's a lifestyle, right? Right, right. How does that translate to your clients benefiting from you doing all these things and not taking away from anything, really? So obviously, um, being involved with so many organizations helps me to have very diverse connections. So, um, you know, being a realtor, you're you're the expert for real estate, like housing-wise. So like. Um, transactions, um, just things that more with the transaction. But what about inspection? What about appraisal? So there are a lot of other things and maybe insurance. Um, so now that I'm involved with different organization, uh, I actually have different connection with, you know, inspectors, uh, appraisers, um, insurance agents. So I know people that I can go to whenever I have questions and if I want to learn something. So this way that that actually add on to my expertise and that's some values that I can provide to my clients. So that I think that's really important. Um, super important. Yeah. yeah. Super important. And also the fact that being involved with so many organizations and communities, that means I know 
a lot of people that might well that's more of a seller thing but like that means I can potentially pull I have a buyer pool in a way with all the connection I have yeah no it's all connections all relationships especially in Chicago I mean we see how important that is here right absolutely now on the other end I also want to touch on is is just how the the market has just fluctuated so much right and and you always hear about people's reservations to buy or sell because they're waiting on something right the the market Mm -hmm. the interest rates or this or that Mm -hmm. and we've seen how um, you know, not looking back, it's easy to see, well, look, when the interest rates are really low, yeah, you get a really low interest rate, but you're going to pay a lot more for the property when you have all these people bidding on the same house and now you're paying way more than you should have, right? Mm-hmm. But then on the other end, you have when people buy when it's a little bit higher interest rate, they get a little bit better deal, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about when the right time to buy is and, and the perception that people have or, you know, that, that, that are more limiting than anything else. So ultimately, there's no perfect time to buy or sell. Um, everyone, ha- everyone has their unique timeline, really. So everyone's right time is different from everyone else. So ultimately, there's no perfect time to buy. Ultimately, you want to look into your own timeline and how it fits your life, really. And that's a conversation that then this is where realtors comes in because that's a conversation you should have with your realtor. Um, usually that's what happened during buyer consultation and seller consultation. Yeah, no, and, and I think it is that, right, where you really just have to understand where you're at. And I don't think people do. For, it's not just real estate, but it's everything, right? You ask them, what are these goals? What is this you have? And a lot of people really don't know. Right, just kind right. of going one day at a time, and it's important to have a conversation with an expert on what is your timeline and what right. is right for you. Yeah, and absolutely, there's no perfect time. That's like the most important thing because that's a question that's get asked all the time. It's like, when's the perfect time to buy? When's the perfect time to sell? And the answer is, what is your perfect time? Right. Yeah. And how much of that do you do with your clients? You know, the coaching aspect of it. How much do you dedicate to that versus? You know, hey, someone comes in and they just want they want to buy a house, they want to sell it, and it's that. How much time do you commit to really coaching them through those things? Oh, I definitely put in a lot of time. Um, well, depending on my client's timeline, of course. Of course, of course. And um, so I do want them to know that uh, we, I mean, unless they're, depending on the situation, there's no need to rush into it. And depending, we'll go through um, their situation and see whether is this the time that you really should buy? And if you could wait a little bit, depending on their situation. So we do like to go through a lot of the stuff. So we go through their finances and you know mortgage. Um, usually I would have, I ask them to shop around the mortgages first, get pre-qualified, don't get pre-approved, mm-hmm. but pre-qualify. Um, and explain yeah. that difference for people who don't know what that difference is. So pre-qualifying, it's a soft check on your credit. And pre-approve is a hard check, so it will actually hurt your uh, credit score. Mm. But ultimately, after a while, um, the system would be able to see that you are shopping around with the mortgages. So it ultimately it doesn't hurt as crazy mm-hmm. as we all think it is. Um, but try to ask pre-qualifying first. That's what I generally uh, generally suggest my clients. Yeah, I don't know what you're working with, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and when being 2024 and you see so much changing, I mean, you see the world of AI, of blockchain, all that, right? Um, 
even virtual reality and augmented reality. What are those things that I guess you're more most excited about? You know, technology-wise, but even just the way that the 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 industry has evolved. Yeah. Um, so AI has been a crazy topic in the industry. Um, even last year, we almost all the com- uh, conventions uh, conference that I've attended, we all mentioned AI. Even just verse events, um, just AI has been brought up like so many times. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's so big in the industry right now with AI. Because there's a lot of marketing that you can do yeah, with yeah, AI. For sure, for um, sure. I actually been wanting to do try the AI headshot, but I haven't. I heard <laughs> it's good, so we'll we'll see. <laughs> oh, you gotta let me know. Yeah. So um, there's also a lot of, like, you know, just kind of like generate a lot of ideas. I usually use AI to help me generate more on the idea side of like wh- how I should push my contents and what kind of contents I should do that. That kind of a deal to just make me more creative i guess and sometimes i do type my uh my captions and also my listing stuff so that they can improve it better yeah no it's so it's so useful and and you see how important it is and how it frees you up to do a lot more time and it's a benefit to your clients yeah right? yeah it's a huge benefit oh and one more thing about uh about the ai um so I do virtual staging for my sellers. Um, so AI has been awesome because they would just stage your home virtually, uh, literally within a really short amount of time. It's crazy. And yeah. it looks like there's actual furniture in there. Yes, it, it, it makes a difference. The technology behind everything. I mean, we're seeing it, right? You see all the, these these fake things that, that look so real and they're very convincing. And right. You're like, wow, is that is that even there right exactly exactly (laughs) so beyond that what are you most excited about for yourself and for you know your business and things just moving forward in this year and beyond um i just feel like this year has been it's crazy to say that um in at the end by the end of 2023 i was just very excited for 2024 um not because i had a bad year but like i'm just genuinely excited to be in 2024 to work (laughs) I was just so excited. Um, and then there's a tons of good news in terms of um, at least real estate market. Um, it seems like, you know, things are a little more stable now. Um, yeah, a lot more. Yeah, so it seems like inventory might be a little better um, toward the middle of the year. Interest rate, you know, all there's a lot of good news um, in 2024. So I'm very optimistic and 2023, despite the fact that it has been uh, a challenging year to a lot of people, um, I was fortunate to um, be out of it and made a a life uh, and everything was okay. So I'm excited to move forward and just to see how I can, you know, move higher up with my business to hopefully scale it a little bit and see where I'll be headed to toward 2025 (laughs) yeah we're excited for you and if people want to find out more about you how can they find you online on social media i am on pretty much all social media platform uh and i'm chicago realtor cine i try to keep it the same way it sounds a little yeah it's consistent you gotta have that consistency right of course so i'm chicago realtor cine uh on instagram facebook and also tiktok but um, I'm still working on the TikTok thing. Yeah. And also YouTube, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good on you. 
Um, well, I appreciate you coming in, sharing your story, and I'm super excited for everything you have going on and for you to be a part of this community now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a fun time. First podcast experience. Thank you.